Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Well, hello and welcome to the Rugby Wrap. Terrific to have your company wherever you may be listening. My name is Mick Collis and while I normally introduce Wallaby number 735 right now, there's a bit of controversy going on behind the scenes at the Rugby Wrap. Mitch Hardy is filthy that Heath Tessman's getting all the airtime during our Stan Sports coverage and he's desperate to increase his media profile. So right now, on his birthday, no less, he's meeting with some social media influencer to try and work out how he can get more likes on his Instagram page. So, Tess, it's nice to see you, but how are things between you and Mitch? Are we going to be okay? Oh, mate, they're, they're colder than my favourite heroes and villains beer right now. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's tough, but, you know, he's, he's it's an immature way to deal with this as well, isn't it? Like, he's just doing the classic treat him mean to keep him keen kind of thing. We all love, we all love listening to him. We love him on here. He's great to hear, but you know, maybe they don't want him in front of the camera. That's all. That's all I can. That's all I can answer with. I, I think that the winger in him is getting a little bit upset that the hooker's getting all the uh, all the TV <laughs> time. So look, he's obviously fairly emotional about the whole thing, so I won't mention it when he does join us after his meeting. And speaking of emotion, <laughs> the end of season 2022 meant the end of popular coach Tim Sampson's time at the Western Force, and the man replacing him was regarded as the one that got away when he left Australian shores to coach in Japan. But he's now back and he'll be taking the reins at the force in 2023. And that man is Simon Cron, and he joins us now. Simon, thanks for your time on the Rugby Wrap. Thanks very much for having me, Mick. And uh, Heath, it's nice to nice to join. Now, head coach of the Western Force, how do you like the sound of that? Yeah, no, it's it's great. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's a, it's a franchise that, that excites me. It's it's um, There's a great bunch of people over there, and I'm looking forward to getting my feet under the desk and getting into it. And how did the appointment come about? Um, Tony Lewis, the CEO, messaged me uh, towards the end of 2021, um, just saying, look, depending on what pans out, there might be an opportunity over here. And, and, and he started talking to me at, at different times, um, which he has in the past around rugby anyway. You know, I think rugby circles are always quite small. People yep. always talk to each other about all <laughs> kinds of rugby. So, uh, And then it just kind of progressed over time. And I had a few discussions with um, the people at Tatarang and, and Mindaroo and, and sort of got an understanding of where they wanted to head. Uh, and that was exciting. And, and then obviously Andrew Forrest around what he sees um, the team doing. And, and yeah, so that's, that's sort of how it progressed. It was a sort of a longer process yep. um, and became more serious near the end. And, and what, does Andrew Forrest see the team becoming? What was some of the stuff he was selling well, to you? Obviously, for Andrew, he wants, from what I can tell, everything in his life is 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 based around high performance and being the best. Mm. So, and I don't think that's any different for his rugby team. Um, and I know that his family are, are big behind it as well because he was talking about obviously Nicola's influence and 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 one of their sons. So. Um, you know, he wants them to be a high-performance sporting team. And, and I think you see some of his quotes. He's, he's, he's pretty driven around, you know, where, where he wants that to go. Yeah. Does that does that give you an added added pressure? Oh, look, I think anywhere in pro sport, there's pressure. It doesn't yep. look at that. There's pressure everywhere. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, there's pressure everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's part of If you're not, if you can't handle pressure, you don't, you're not in yeah, the game. In the wrong job, yeah. Now, yeah. Was, was coaching a team in Super Rugby always one of your goals? Uh, yes, yes, it was, um, and the, the, there's a process to go in there, you know, and, and making sure that we, when it does happen, you're ready. So, um, you know, I had a unique opportunity to go to Japan, and, and at the time, it was the right thing to do, um, and it was really good for me. There was some, you know, you learn a whole different. Yeah, there's a lot of things to learn, and the more you coach, and the the more you work and the, and the more you're involved in high performance teams, you, you take so much out of it that you can, um, you know, help you be more successful in the future. And what are some of the things you'll bring back from your time in Japan to the Western Force? Uh, for me, a lot around culture and, and combining different groups of people to make sure we've got a, you know, a united goal, um, a unique DNA, who we are, what we do, what we stand for. Um, I learned a lot around uh, scheduling and making sure that we don't, overcook the players for the Saturday performance, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when you go to Japan, they're really used to long training sessions. <laughs> work harder, uh, not smarter, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work harder and, and, and that's in everything. Hey, every mm-hmm. part of the culture, longer is better. Yep. Um, so you've got to really change that mentality to understand that you, you need 
high intensity, high speed for short periods of time as well. Otherwise, you start going to survival mode. And I think mm-hmm. all of us, like let's say the three of us go into a rugby field and someone says to us, okay, we're going to train for three and a half hours. I can tell you right now, we go survival. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not, like that I'm little not, switch off. <laughs> I'm not sprinting in the first 30 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, and, you know, we've got to change that mindset because we need guys to perform for 80 minutes and there's, there's, there's breaks. We need them to repeat speed, get off the ground, be fast. And um, I learned a lot around changing mindset of that and, and then educating the people within the environment to understand the, the what, why, how, and, and why it's going to be beneficial for our team. So, and then obviously the influence of Steve over there um, mm. was, you know, initially at the start with COVID, it was very phone related and Zoom and, and chatting, but he was the reason I went. Um, and, you know, he's the best in the world for a reason. Mm. And I was lucky to discuss some things with him um, that will massively help me in the future. Yeah, it's great. Now the force they've had a lot of a lot of desire, but not a huge amount of success. What needs to happen to turn that around? Um, look, I think the first thing is I've got to learn a lot more about you know when I go in there about some of the things that are happening, and I've, I've been lucky enough to chat with um, some of the guys retiring already around you know their thoughts and and you know what's critical to help help improve you know the Western Force in terms of performance, um, and I think. Like you mentioned, you've got a really passionate group of people, passionate supporters. Um, I think there's a few key areas that we've got to continue to work on, and that squad depth would be naturally one of them, making sure that we can create depth in all positions so that when we do have injuries or people move on, that we're not having to replace half a team. Um, So, uh, and and with that comes, you know, there's some great guys in the academy working really hard at the moment around their recruitment and retention of players, um, linking in, with the Premier Rugby teams, there's, there's quite a few different things. And obviously, the, the biggest one is probably our identity and who we are and making sure that we do uh, use our past to learn for the future. Um, and I know that people talk about it all the time, but without it, you know, it's really challenging to create any sort of legacy or long-term success. Uh, so you spoke about creating that depth there. So one of the biggest drivers to create depth is that recruitment. What positions do you think um, are, are critical to, to strengthen up for next year? Well, there's a couple right now that are critical for us. Uh, tight head prop being one, obviously. Medrano uh, moving on and Holmesy retiring. So there's two, you know, guys. That, mm. that, and, a lot of caps you know, there. Yeah, a lot of caps here, a lot of experience. And, and the guy with the three on his back gets paid the most money overseas for a reason. Mm. <laughs> Quite important. You're going to be bringing that in. That'll make recruitment easy. Well, I tell you, it's um, it's critical. Like it's it's like, you know, three, seven, nine, and ten are a lot of a lot of your spine, uh, and around that, obviously, your five, your two, as you know, Heath. So, um, for me, you know, we're lucky we've got Flowerfinger coming over to add, you know, some competition in the hooker spot, um, and they've got three pretty good hookers. Then, uh, we we need to add another loose head in, a couple of tight heads, lock, um. 13, 15, so, you know, and some, back, and some backups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so, uh, the, so the natural natural leader from there is where, where are we at with the recruitment? How yeah, looking? yeah. Well, funnily enough. Michael Wells this week. Good, yeah, yeah. Good signing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and good. I agree with you. And why, <laughs> why, he? Why, is he, why is he? What do you think? He's a good signing. Because he's just he's robust. He's a worker. Um, not the not superstar, but I think he's going to buy in as well to whatever you're looking to drive. Obviously, you've already had some success with him before in the past too, over with the Shawman. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah he'll... you're right, you're right. You've nailed it. And to be fair, probably plays a lot like you did, and that he's he's very mobile. Oh, geez, I if he was better than that. Hey, uh, <laughs> so do I. I think, geez, well, that's what we're going to. High, well, high work rate, you know, he's a high work rate. I'll tell you what he is also, um, and people will learn this, he's a hell of a competitor. So, you know, when you're looking at recruitment, you've got to look at what, what else they bring off the field, and shit, he hates losing. Yeah, okay. Um, and... What that looks like on the field is exactly what you said, Heath, repeat efforts off the ground, chases everything, high NTRs, like no talent required stuff that it just won't stop. Uh, he's got a good rugby brain. 
he can be a little bit, uh, you know, I did have him for a few years and he, you know, he can be a bit black and white, so he can be hard-nosed. And to be fair, you know, we probably need as much of that as we can get. Mm. Um, but also, in terms of technically, he's got a massive chop tackle. So he smacks people under ball, first contact, and we need to win the contact zone around dominance. So, um, yeah, all those things, exactly. <laughs> um, but to answer the other question around recruitment, like it's a yeah. – um, after I signed on and, and, and got a, a full look at the squad list and the different areas, there's definitely a lot of work for us to do there. So I've been, um, I in theory don't don't um, start to August, but I've been starting. <laughs> so <laughs> I've watched a lot of footage and a lot of tape and talked to a number of people and, um, and it's back in the right people that will combine with the current squad and help add. So um, yeah, there's a bit of work to do there. Yeah, well, as we're talking about that recruitment as well, though. Um, so, what about if you're a club player here in Perth? Um, you know, maybe you haven't been ID'd. You're just playing good, yep. solid club rugby in the FMG Premier Grade here. What yep. is? There, are there going to be opportunities then? Well, I think there has to be, and I've been talking to some coaches there about uh, having maybe even some more games if we can with force versus the gold. And, and um, I've watched some footage. Some of the footage is hard. It's hard to tr- harder to track online like because you get to download the game and it's a little bit far away and it's hard. Mm. It's actually harder for you to track that footage. So there's a lot of things I'd like to do with the clubs um, when I get over there. And, and some of that will be feeding our coaches and to help support the coaches that are already there. Um, and look, there's some... There's some dominant players. There's some impressive players over there. Like I talked to a couple of coaches um, who I've had involvement with before. Uh, but the key thing for us is really to make sure that we increase that competition. You know, mm. get it better, get it better, get it better. Keep driving people into it as best we can. Mm. Yeah, I guess an opportunity can be bringing those club guys in. They've got nothing to lose, isn't it? So they can roll up the sleeves and have a red hot crack and really put a bit of pressure on the guys that are in that main squad. Well, the best the best way to learn about somebody is you can watch them on the field and highlights reels aren't as much fun. You're watching whole games, but also like exactly like you mentioned, once we get over there, like it's not hard to bring people in, and you can tell in two or three weeks in the environment whether they, you know, got the mentality to go high performance, and and that that's a big part of it. That'll, that'll be music to a lot of our listeners' ears because I know a lot of the coaches have, have hoped that you would. Um, basically, get involved with the with the local coaches, and a lot of the players are hoping that that yeah, as Tess said, if you haven't been, you know, it's often it's harder to get out of that system than it is to get in it. And if you, you're not, you know, mm. identified as a 12 year old, you're not part of the Rugby Australia pathways, you just mm. get ignored. So I think a lot of the guys running around to know that if they're playing good footy, that someone will see them. That's going to yeah. not only it's going to help them, but it's going to help the competition. Because so you've got guys from the east coast that might you know, be behind someone they're playing second grade, will come across to Perth, play some decent rugby over here and have a, a legitimate chance of becoming a professional footballer. And that's what we've got to do. And like I say, I've still got to get, you know, a, a lot of time on the ground over there is critical for me because, for example, from where I've come from in the past, I have a really good understanding of shoot shield and all the ways it works. And I've watched premier grade games and, and like I've had coaches send me footage and I've had clips and I've watched some players and I've got feedback and I'm talking to them, but I, you know, I do need to be on the ground there. Mm. So, so it'd be nice to spend some time there. Mm. When That's we're great. talking about getting on the ground, then when do you, when do you get your feet on the ground over here? Um, I actually, in theory, I'm still with Toyota at the moment doing some things, but I've finished <laughs> and um, I'm over there. I tell you, rugby never stops. So, <laughs> uh, never stops. Uh, but also, um, I I get there in August, so um, you know, and that's why I have to do so much online between now and then yeah. as well around recruitment yeah. and retention because that doesn't stop. Uh, and you know, I'm talking with Matt every day, and and uh, I was on the phone to the SNC coaches yesterday, and so it's it's yeah it's about started. what we need to achieve. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. it, it always starts <laughs> always starts as soon as you you know as soon as you can. We we'll just have to have to make sure we change the uh, title of the this podcast. Uh, there's still the head coach of, of Toyota, not the Western Force. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in theory, right. but uh, in I think I was like when I was, you know, when I, when I signed off at the Force, every spare uh, day off was spent looking at that squad list and, and doing yeah. what we can around, you know, planning and preparation and trying. But at the same time, there's a certain level of respect um, to the yeah. existing coaches that I don't reach out and I don't touch it. Um, yep. At that point, now yep. I can. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 at that point, you know, out of respect for Tim and, and the other guys, I didn't want to touch a player or talk to them, give feedback. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. And just looking at, at the recruitment, you're talking about uh, no force players named in the Wallaby squad. Is is that seen by players as deterrent to coming west? Um, I, I think. Look, I'm sure it'll be disappointing for some of them. Um, it's hard to tell what a player will think. Uh, I think there's opportunity. Like every year, the number of players that teams get picked up in the Wallabies varies, and I think it's got to be one of our KPIs around how many players we can get into the Wallabies from the Western Force. It has to be like it's, mm. it's got to, the whole point of us as coaches is to take players to the next level. Um, so the fact that there are no players named in the Wallabies squad, obviously you know, rotter with an injury or, or, or whatever, but we've got to try and do our best to, to push those guys through. And there's some like some boys there that have all the potential in the world. So it's our job to make them the best they've ever been. Are there any are there any players in that squad that you've looked at that you've got that you're excited to be working with next year? Any in particular? Yeah, there's, well, there's, no, there's a number of like it's hard naming them because I don't want to. But there's a yeah, number yeah. of them that excite me. Like, <laughs> like, like, we've got a few, a few new nicknames when you arrive, anyway. Yeah, oh, I can, yeah, <laughs> Son yeah, of Look, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I like look, I like nine, ten, twelve in terms of a, a core boys there at the moment. You know, Fines, uh, Pasta, and Quinzel are, are exciting yep. with their age category and the amount of time we get to work with them. Um, but I think a number of guys have stepped up, like you know, and and you've got some experience there. And prior, I've had a good chat to him. Filetti, I've had a good talk to him. Um, around who they are and what they're about and, and where they want to go. So, you know, uh, I've worked with Throbber, Robbo before. So, you know, he will probably give them a pretty good understanding of uh, what to expect when I come in. So, um, yeah, so, you know, and there's some young guys, Barbara, he's a young tight head. He's coming through. He'll just want to, from my understanding, there's a lot of them that just want to learn. They just want to grow and get better. So, you know, it's exciting in all different aspects, really. And I, I, I could name them all, but I won't. <laughs> now, there's there's some rumours floating around that there's a, a fair chunk of um, young guys that have played under 20s a couple of years ago that have been signed on. I don't know if you know anything about that or whether that's a, an urban myth or, or oh, not. Uh, I hope uh, he does. Uh, Australian, <laughs> Australia, are you an Australian under 20s? Yeah, from a few oh, years ago. There's a chunk oh, of them oh, coming oh. across. Is that, well, are you hey, talking uh, from New Zealand uh, or some uh, another country? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I thought you were talking about under twenties as in New South Wales or no, no, or, no, I've heard some Australian yeah, Australian twenties have, have been signed or whatever it no. might be. We're just trying uh, to trying to get some scoops out uh, of the new coach. No, not not at the moment. Uh, look, I, I, there's a lot of great boys that, that were there at that time and, and um you know, a couple like Hawkins overseas, which is you know, I'd I'd love to fish somebody like him back in. Uh, yep. I've tried, don't you worry. Um <laughs> He said about 32 messages from me. I think he's sick of it. <laughs> I said, surely you're coming back, aren't you? So, um, is he reading he, them? That's the thing. Oh, he's reading. <laughs> he, 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 know, he knows he has to reply. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he has to reply or I knock on his door. But, um, uh, but you know, there's there's a lot of of guys I, I was lucky enough to coach at that time who are really good people. And, and um, But, you know, the thing about contracting is if a player's contracted, they're contracted. So yeah. um, you can't have guys walking out on contracts too much. It's a, it's a challenge in itself. Um, yeah. So in terms of timeframes, um, contracting, it's a, it's a more difficult Tricky. challenge. Yeah, okay. So just we'll get away from this recruiting thing. So are you, are you happy with, with what you've got and what you think you've got coming? Uh, look, I'm, I'm happy with the guys that are sitting there right now, we, but we still have some work on the guys that we've got coming. We've got yeah. we've got some good ones, but and we've got some good ones in the pipeline. So, okay, um, but there's still some work to do, and you know, it's not it's just part of the deal. Yeah, yeah I guess every club's the same. Yeah, now, right. we asked um, a total listeners that we were catching up with you and asked them to send a few questions they wanted to ask. So, I want to run through a couple of these for you now. West yeah. Australians, by their nature, are fiercely loyal. I remember they booed yeah. Adam Gilchrist when he first came to WA to replace Tim Zura. Uh, yeah. as you know, the Sea of Blue, incredibly passionate. Yeah. They love yeah. Tim Sampson. What sort of yeah. reaction are you expecting from them and how will you win them over? Um, yeah, for, from me, I think it's all about um, 
starting with the player group and the type of rugby we play, like you, you win fans over by success. Yeah. You, you win fans over by the type of rugby you play. Um, and you win fans over by the amount that you put into the to the state and the rugby. So, um, and and probably a lot of that is in my DNA around pushing into those clubs and, and doing everything we can. I will get too involved in every facet of that <laughs> organisation. That's so, fantastic. Um, so I'll be involved. I will get involved in everything and messaging what we're doing and everything, and and hopefully meet as many of those people as I can. Look, rugby supporters are, are the same. Mm. worldwide around um they love the game and and um i've only met tim once i'm sure he's a lovely bloke i've got mm. nothing you know not, nothing negative to say about tim um so you know for me it's it's one chip at a time and i've got a big job to do around you know continuing to develop the players and and that's my main focus mm. look you sound like you're gonna fit you're gonna fit right in and just what's your thought on on players playing club rugby when they're not involved in super rugby. That's been a real bugbear of a lot of the rugby community over here is you've got, I don't know, 35 guys in this in this super squad and only 23 at a time are playing. What are your thoughts on those guys not playing playing club footy? You've really got to take it down to every individual. Like, I, I've got no issue with them playing club footy, but it will very much depend, and, and Heath, you'll know this as well, depend on okay, how much have they played, what have they done, what's the best for that player. Mm. Um, so... For example, if someone's coming back from an injury and they've been out for, you know, three weeks, you can usually roll them straight back. And if they're out for six weeks, you've got to suddenly limit how much they can do. Um, so it really does come down to the, each individual. No, I love, I love them. Like, the more rugby we can play, the better. Mm. Like as a rugby player, you want to play rugby. You don't want to train. Mm. Um, and you learn from playing rugby because mm. the scenarios are open. They're changing all the time. Mm. So if there's opportunities to do it, 100%. However, if you're sitting there in a game and you've got an injury to your second loose head and he's carrying a slightly tight hamstring, you're probably not going to release your third tight yeah. head into the club rugby. So, so you've yeah. got to and, – and it's hard because fans and club don't often know the full story mm. um, and, and it's hard to tell them all the time. But if there's an opportunity to release somebody in the club rugby, 100%. All for it. That's terrific. Yeah. And then what are your thoughts on an NRC or third tier? In Australia, well, I really enjoyed it. I see, I coached Sydney Rays, uh, and I loved it. I loved the group. We got we got a great supporter uh, group. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, so I don't. And obviously, when COVID hurt and it all got canned, um, and I know that some people are against it, but I, 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 I'm good with a third tier. I think it's yeah. third tier. More rugby, the better. Like you, if you look, compare Australia to New Zealand in terms of NPC. Um, and I know that it's a different a different beast because it's been around for 100 years. We've got to look to start something that allows us to be playing more rugby. Um, and NRC, for me, I, I, like I say, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And we actually got a really good supporter base uh, 2016. So, um, you know, the key thing is for it, I understand it's going to be financially viable and all those things, but the more rugby we can play, the better post-Super mm. Rugby. Because, no, Tess, it was it was fantastic. Over here, I know you've certainly had a, a great run with it, and we've got great fans and great crowds down to watch it. Yeah, and I think being able to take some of the um, like ch- cutting the cost by taking some of the games to to local grounds as well, like gave it such a good homely feel. Like we, everyone in the Perth squad, in the fourth squad especially, when we were playing the games down McGilvray in front of the hill, like it, it was fantastic. just about the best deck we'd played on all year, yeah. and the atmosphere was like it was brilliant. Like we absolutely yeah. loved it, and you know the travel schedules were a bit tougher but you know so what for us it was just it was just our bug to bear if we wanted to be playing rugby like Connie said like we all want to be yeah. playing more than anything else yeah as much as it's fun trying to get into the gym and work on the biceps for next, next pool season <laughs> still like, doing we that yeah <laughs> I'm still, always trying to achieve <laughs> yeah. but you know we want to be out there playing rugby and that's if and every opportunity we can have to uh, I think we should be, and yeah, I've got to go, uh, I've got to agree with Connie as well. Like we we spoke about the number of games we've spoken about it previously on here. The number of games Kiwis play by the yeah. time they're an All Black is nearly double what the Aussies are playing by the time they're a Wallaby, and it's because yeah. they're just getting that constant high level exposure. So we need to figure yeah. out some way to be able to get those games, those matches up. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. We've got to find a solution. Because do you think that obviously they brought this Australia A program in now is I don't think that's the solution. Is that is that a temporary solution for this 
for this next tier? Yeah, I think that's probably the like you're talking about third tier is under super. So I think what that Australian A team is doing is keeping guys playing. Yeah, so okay. that the yeah. Wallabies have a bigger pull would be my yeah. thought process. Because if you're a Wallaby coach, you need them to be playing because you're going to have injuries in your top mm. squad and you need them to come in. So mm. if they're just dead in the water after Super Rugby and not playing or going even, you know, you need to push the level at which they're playing because sometimes it's hard to come out of a club rugby and all of a sudden you're a Wallaby. So mm. they've created a tier there because they are keeping boys moving. Mm. Well, and while we're on that, the subject of this third tier then, there's, there's talk around a, um, a third tier competition involving some teams from Japan potentially and some other Aussie teams. Can we shed any light on that as well, Cronny? Yeah, well, I've heard I've heard parts of it, and I've heard about trips to Japan and, and different things, but I haven't heard about any sort of third tier stable competition. Japan's timeframes changed; they are now kicking off in December. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all panned out. I know that they were talking about mid-season in Japan having some games against um, potential super teams, but I haven't seen that progress. But sometimes in Japan, things happen quite late. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, things they, just happen. Get you by surprise, but no, I haven't heard. Do, do you think, do we need a longer season? A longer uh, season? Well, it's, it's hard with that mid, mid-season testing to kind of, um, to do that. Yeah, do we is, need that, one? That test window creates some challenges around mm. releasing of players. Um, at the moment, it's been... I suppose a bit of a struggle with South Africa leaving Super Rugby and 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 them trying to organise what Super Rugby looks like again. And I know with Super Rugby AU and NZ, it's been a little bit mishmash. mash. Um, but I think if we can get a, a third tier of rugby, then we need to create it ourselves. We need to create more rugby post Super. If this is what Super Rugby looks like, hmm. which it does at the moment, I, you know, yep. then we need to we need to look at ways in which we can create more rugby post that. Yeah. And, and how much of importance, and again, this comes to this third tier again, importance do you play or put on developing homegrown players here in the well, UI? Well, I mean, that, and that's where that third tier comes in, so yeah. so useful, because you've got to realise what you've got to look at is how big a step up it is for that player to move from uh, club into super, and mm. how can we bridge that gap? Because, mm. it, it, you know, for example, Heath, for you, like as a hooker, the difference between, um, you know, uh, playing club rugby each week and then suddenly in a Super Rugby scrum where you've got the beast on one side and you've got, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got like, a couple of duplices opposite you as well. But... Duplices <laughs> and, and Malcolm Marks trying to put your ribs here. You know, so, and, and I think it, it, it comes back to not only the fact that we've got to give them the best opportunity to perform, but also safety. But like at mm. international level, yeah. 1.2 tonne goes through yeah. front, right? 1.2 tonne. It's amazing. So, so in terms of technically and tactically, if we get that wrong, all of a sudden we're putting 1.2 ton through the, through a bad body shape and we create a lot of injury and damage and then people don't like us and don't like rugby. So yeah. I think if we can bridge the gap, um, not only will that allow them to play a higher level of rugby and be successful when they do become pro, um, but it allows us to get even better footage and, and, and follow-ins and, and yeah. So so, mm. so I think we've got to look to do something like that. Mm. And, and you talk about a style of game. What what style of game do you want to play with the force? Um, for me, I think every player needs to have catch, pass, running line skills, everyone. Uh, you've got to be able to ball beats man. You've got to be able to shift the ball. Um, but you've also got to be able to make the defence think. And by that, what I mean is you've got to be able to carry, uh, get gain line. Um, if you make the defence think, you'll stop their feet. So you'll stop them from coming forward. So what that looks like is you've always got the ball in front of you. You can tip play at the back, pass a face ball. Um, we can't be too predictable. We can't tuck and carry. We're not, we're not going to punch holes, you know. Uh, and these days, in terms of attack, it's all about making the defence tank, and that's how you get weak shoulders, that's how you get gain line. And, and, and really, it's a war of gain line rugby. Like, you either win it or you don't. Mm. If you win it, you get quick rugby ball. If you don't, you get slow rugby ball, and then you, become, you get teed off on a game. So for me, a high skill element, uh, good carries. We've got to look at um, every team in Super Rugby is always saying the same thing, but always improving set piece um, to create better platforms for us to tack off. And then defensively, it's about shutting down opposition teams for long periods of time. And, and you look at it uh, last weekend, the Crusaders shut down 
chiefs for long periods of time and they're comfortable mm. to do it. So, so there's a yeah, I could go all day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, even yeah, or it's cute, yeah but, uh, um, but yeah, so, so the type of rugby I want to play is expensive, exciting, and people love to watch it as well because yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's what people want to watch. So it's uh, it's it's nice to hear. And so, have you got any any preseason tours coming up? Any any sort of plans? How how are you going to take the the team into twenty twenty three? Working a lot on the calendar have been for the last couple of weeks, and I was going back and forth with Matt today about what some of those things look like because it's a little bit of an evolving beast. We are talking about going to Japan for some mm-hmm. games um, to increase exactly what you you're talking about, increase our, the number of games we can play. And we've got to find some more games. Um, and then, like right now, for me, I think the biggest focus area for the team needs to be an S&C focus. So in our team, when you look at the body makeups, um, you've got to look at putting some mass on some players um, so that we can start to win those contact zones. Um, you've got to look at uh, continuing to build uh, you know, muscle mass or trim some fat. You know, so it's all about body shapes at the moment. Like that's the biggest focus for the next six to eight weeks. What you don't want to do right now is start doing rugby. Yeah, they just finished two weeks ago. Heath, you'll probably attest to this. If I start throwing rugby into them now, then and you know by the time it gets to Christmas time, they're going to want to stop. So it's all about timing. So between now and you know the end of July into August, it's about body makeup. Um, and you know I live off something pretty simple, forces mass time acceleration. And it's very hard to change mass in season, if, if not mm. impossible. Yep. So now's our time to change mass. Yep. Oh, and if you spend... You, know, you, you, can cha- you can change it. It's just not for the positive, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Now, Connie, have you spent much time in Perth? Um, I've been, I was just, yeah, I've been over there four or five times for for different work trips, and um, obviously when I was coaching at Surrey level, we didn't get to go over and play uh, the force. But every time I've been over there, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It, it, it was, you know, it's, it's usually been work based rather than holiday, but yeah, I've loved it. Lovely, you, like amazing place. Yeah, so so you're looking forward to to coming across here and and becoming a West Australian for as as long as we can keep you. Yeah, no, I am. I am. I'm really excited. And, and, you know, when you make decisions like this, you, and you all know this, you, your family are uh, heavily involved in, in the discussions early on, you know, when it first comes up. Mm. Um, uh, my wife is a neonatal intensive care nurse, so uh, she'll be useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. she's, she's, she's excited um, yep. about, because obviously, it, you know, it's hard being a rugby coach's wife because yeah. you move and you you're 24-7 all the time um, and we've got three kids so you know so she's probably put her career on hold a little bit while the kids were younger so she's excited I'm excited like the people I know from WA are, yeah are some great humans some great people uh, you know and it's I think if you look at the makeup of the squad and where they've come from where they've originated from um, you know it's exciting it, it's, they've come from different backgrounds different locations mm. And, and, and that's what probably WA, you know, the makeup of the population, people come from everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. it'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I know Tess will be excited to get you down for a spate down at Netties and we'll get you a, a bit more of a fancy beer if you come to university. So it's, uh, look, it's, it's great to have you in charge of the force. I'm excited about next year. I know the whole rugby community is. We wish it just wasn't so far away. So good luck yeah. with everything and, and thanks for your time on the rugby wrap. No, it's a pleasure. I really you know, thank you guys for bringing me on. I, I know it's early in the piece in terms of me talking, but um, looking forward to getting over there, looking forward to meeting you all, and uh, I'll take both those beers. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a huge drinker, though. I'm usually, I usually fatigue at about 8.30. So, uh, no, but it'll be great to catch up with you, and um, I'm really excited about getting over there and meeting the people and, and getting into footy. Fantastic. Thanks, Cronie. All the very best. Thank you. Pleasure, Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. Take Bye. care. See you, fellas. So that was Simon Cron, the new coach of the Western Force. And Tessie sounds like a ripper. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he's got energy as well. He wants to come in. He wants to coach high, highly at this level and he's sought after as well, which is even more exciting for us, um, getting a highly sought after coach. But um, yeah, from all accounts, I mean, he's an extremely detailed coach as well. And mm. you, could, you could pick that up when he was talking about 
all the, the ways that he wants to play. Like he, yeah, he's yeah. got, he, he kept going deeper and deeper into everything. <laughs> we had to, he, had to, he had to cut himself off there. <laughs> so um, no, it's going to be exciting to see how he can bring, you know, the, the style of play that he wants to play, but as well, the, the culture side of it as well um, to the force next year. And I, re- I really like how he was talking about immersing himself in clubland with the coaches and the teams and getting around the club. So I think that'll be, that'll be great. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, it has to be, it has to be a two-way street, and it's good to see he wants to. Um, he's talk, he's talking about wanting to be involved heavily, and like we touched on with players wanting to go back, he's all for that. Obviously, um, doing what's best for the individual and and best for the team as well. But he's excited to be sending guys down, and as well talking about looking at players over here and hopefully bringing them up. Yeah, no, it's great. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the Western Force. Well, the Super Rugby semi-finals were on last week. Crusaders 20 defeating the Chiefs 7. Only one of us picked that. And then the Blues 20 in an absolute nail-biter over the Brumbies 19. So close but no cigar for the Brumbies. Um, did the best teams win on the weekend? I think they did. I reckon they did, Mickey. Nice to be yeah, I reckon Crusaders. Well, hello, hello to you too, Mitch Yeah, we're going to bring, nice to bring Mitch here. Hardy in or not? Let's bring, let's bring Mitch Hardy in. I was waiting for the Mick Collar short ball off the hip, but it never came. It never came. It never came on his birthday and everything. So it's been a pretty you know, pretty tough um, evening for Mitch. So, mate, it's lovely to have you with us for the second part of the show. Yeah, nice to be. Just, uh, that just goes to show how committed I am being available for the podcast on my birthday. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 best best teams won. Yeah, I reckon the Crusaders' defence was absolutely outstanding, was, and we talk it? about and it's been talked about for years how the Crusaders are just that they're a finals club. You know, they just yeah. You know, the way they played, we hadn't seen that all year. That grafting, just willingness to, in defence, but also guys like Richie Mwanga just absolutely stepping up to another level, mm. and he he was at all blacks level on on the weekend, and yeah, he he was terrific. And just the emotion on Scotty Robinson's face as well at the mm. end of the game. He, you know, he was getting pats on the backs and high fives in the crowd for yeah. his 100th, 100th, 100th game first, as coach. Yeah, 100th, 100th game. Yeah. yeah, 100th game as coach. And just to see that emotion on his face as well, just to, and how proud he was of his team. Like, you yeah. just go, wow, that was so cool. And then yeah. the Chiefs had, I reckon they had three lay-down Mazair try-scoring opportunities that they butchered. And that's what cost them the game. They score yep. those three tries and it's anyone's, mm. but they just, it was almost like that they're just, their execution just failed them. There was, there was two in particular, the one from Gus or Cooler, where oh, he's held, held, held up what over the line. He like doing? he should have scored that all, all the way down. <laughs> was there, just put the ball over the line. He completely muffed it. And the other one was the pass that went about a meter over the winger's head. Completely oh, yeah. unmarked, five meters out, and he, mm. he's passed the, uh, um, the inside center, mm. uh, passed it like a meter over the guy's head, and you just go, mm. "Oh no!" Yeah, and then at that level, mm. that you just can't do that against Crusaders. And, and that's, can you- that's pressure, isn't it? Like that's especially that second one. Like they, they'd had the ball for maybe 10, 15 minutes, right down there, parked in the Crusaders area, and the Crusaders had just kept. Like creeping little points up, creeping little points up, and there's that pressure that we've got to come away with something here and forcing it and just trying to tense up that little bit as you pass and it flies off into row three over <laughs> in Christchurch. And and you talked about um, Scott Robertson. Can you can you believe that a rugby Australia or Australian rugby didn't consider him for the Wallabies job because they think he hasn't coached under adversity? That was their that was their reason. He's always had good sides, but I think that bloke's special. Oh, absolutely! But I, you know, that we, I, I think he is destined to be an all black coach. Like he, you just go, why would he want to coach anywhere else? He's just mm. he's just Mister Chris. It's like uh, Toddy Blackadder was when mm. he, he was at the Crusaders. He was just Mister Crusaders, Mister mm. Canterbury, and, and Scotty's now taken that mantle. Um, and if and if he's not the All Blacks coach, then I don't know what you got to do. Because, yeah, the, yeah, but the, the but so. the whole like all the all the spectators love him. Like the whole yeah. every rugby oh, and he's fan. and he loves it too. And he, and he loves, he loves it. it. <laughs> he's charismatic and he can obviously he loves coach. It, yeah. And I think yeah, I think he's I, I think he's special. And I look yeah. forward to him taking charge of the All Blacks um, at, at some stage. Yeah. And then Brumbies, yeah. Brumbies just not getting there, Mitch. No, they had they had their chances. Um, again, just the Blues just held on, and I thought the Brumbies might have been a snaffle at 
um, at some point in the game there, but they just weren't able to wrestle the game back in their sort of favour anytime. It was a cracking game. Really mm. loved it. But probably the best team won in the end. They did enough to win the Blues. So, But and, the, the Brumbies just weren't able to really just be able to break them. And controversy towards the end with that, was that a penalty where the, he thought he'd got the, the turnover that was – there's a bit of conjecture whether the referee should have awarded oh, look, a penalty. Hey, I know, I, I I understand where all that's coming from, but the, he won the turnover. Like, uh, I think if yeah, if yeah, you, if, you look if, back, maybe if if Reiner played it up a little bit more, sure, but he won the turnover in the end. Like it was then one they got four, the ball. Yep, had a look, and then he's won the ball. So yeah, yep. The turnover is just the turnover is good as much as yep as much as we'd like to say. Or well, I don't know if Mitchie has a different opinion on it either, but. I just think, um, you know, Ryan, he, he wins the ball. He did win it, it. Yeah. He won the ball, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So there's no and need you, for yeah. a penalty. Do you think the drop goal attempt from, I think it was about 40 out, uh, yeah, with what 30 you're seconds to go, premature? Why, why, yeah. why, why then? Oh, I was screaming at the telly going, no! <laughs> <laughs> like, they had, it, they, had, they had it in control. They didn't know it. They yeah. still had the clock. Even if, you know, just gotta, you've just got to back your phases in and yeah. at least be within striking distance, and that was so premature. It was it wasn't almost even like, red. Yeah, it was a really nah. cr- crazy decision. It was, yeah. um, and then how how, the, how that charge down occurred as well. Like, oh go, yeah, oh, wow, dear. Like, yeah. if you're going to set yourself up for a field goal, at least have a little bit of protection there, so the guy just a front rower from all guys <laughs> 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 and charges you down. Oh, and just and he's as no, wide. No, he's no. as wide as the field. So it he could was have just, dummied and had yeah, all the time something. in the world. And the, he something. was the only one there. Kicked it yeah. straight into him. Yeah. But yeah. Look. Um. Yeah. Bit of bit of heartbreak for the Brumbies, but it just goes to show. Like, um. No. No one would have batted an eye if they'd won. I don't think they would have mm. just. Said, all right. It's a Crusaders Brumbies final. Yeah. Move on. But I think. Yep. Um. You know, the two best teams in the comp deserve to be there. I think so. Definitely. So you know. It'll be it'll be a great final. It'll be fantastic. So that, that's at 3.05 on Saturday in Auckland. The Blues up against the Crusaders. It's sold out in five hours. Uh, we've got uh, Moanga up against Barrett, so the AB's 10 jersey right. on the line. And Pablo Matera has been cleared to play as well. So who's going to win? Oh, Crusaders have got the momentum, I reckon. Mm. Oh. I think I think the Crusaders. I'll yeah, test you. You liking the Blues? Oh, well, okay. Well, if it's two against three, so go I'll, I'll go with the Blues then. But the Crusaders <laughs> will take Crusaders will take so much out of that that last round victory, like this, that semi victory. Two hundred and fifty four tackles, the most ever made in a game of Super Rugby. Yeah. They broke their own record, which was standing at two hundred and twenty. <laughs> they knocked that out of the park by another yeah. 30, 30 tackles. Yep. Um, like you, you can win games and have to do that. It'll just be how much, how fresh Scott Robinson can keep them this week. And I mean, mm. you're going into a final, so you're not going to have any problems trying to get up for it. Yeah. Um, it'll just be when they get to that 50th minute, if it's tight, what have they got to play for? Yep. And uh, yeah, how do they get through that next little block? And and what about the two number 10s, Mitch, the battle of the 10s? Oh, look, Richie Moana, I think, has been pretty quiet this year. Bodie's, Bodie's been playing good footy. Um but he just went to another level. I just think. Yeah, he was insane. Just, he was insane. Oh, it was incredible to watch. Yeah, Cause I, cause I, I thought, what have we got? What have we got that can come close to that? Well, no, we got, we got nothing. Anything. Right. <laughs> like right. he's so, he just—he's another level. Like another yeah. level. Yeah, it was yeah. just incredible. Like, he's bloody good, but Richie went to another level on the weekend, and he—he—he he, he can play that. He can play that way for the All Blacks any day. So. You just go, well, I don't know. I don't know where this game could be won or lost. I think um, if Papali'i plays for the Blues, I think that that could be a big factor because uh, he's had appendicitis or I think was his injury. So if he's back fully fit and the Blues get to play him, that could be a big factor because the Crusaders have been a little bit vulnerable at the breakdown. Um, the the back lines pretty much cancel each other out. I, mm. I can't. And it'll come down to the ability of who's got the better kicking game and who's going to hold on to the ball mm. without, you know, ball retention and patience and, and a good style of kicking will be key. But then you go, well, if the Blues have got Papali, they might throw a few extra bodies into the breakdown and really disrupt the Crusaders' ball. That would be the tactic I'd be employing. So how do we slow down that breakdown? How do we put pressure on the Crusaders' nine so they never gets clean... Chris Ball to yeah. give to his backs. Yeah. 
No, it should be it should be a great game. So that's three oh five on Saturday, live on Stan Sport. And then looking last week at the Fortescue Premier Grade, uh, Bayswater and Wanneroo, 18 all. Uni, 34, Cot, 10. Rocky finally getting a point on the table, 34-24 over Arcs. For Soaks demolishing June Lup, 43 points to nil. Pally, 18-10 over the Southern Lions. And Nedlands, Heath Tessman, your team, 37-0 over Wests, making a mockery of West's second place on the ladder. That was uh, a great display by Nettie's and, and Sheldon Tarara, just outstanding, just composed, great kicking game. So a good result for your boys, Tess. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, West Scarbs yes, never really got out of the block, did they? And then, but then Nedlands were, were good enough to just really take their opportunities and just keep creeping that scoreboard up, whether it was through Sheldon's boot or, or scoring some pretty nice uh, long range tries when the, when the opportunity presented itself as well. So and no one's getting ahead of themselves down at the foreshore. Still plenty of uh, rugby to go this year. And, you know, obviously some problems around set piece with a bit of scrum and some line-out problems for Netherlands. But um, we know that West Carbs are a, a much better team than that as well. So, you know, they just had a little bit of an off day and I'm sure that's that's a little prod that'll kick them on into this second half of the season as well. And Mitch, I'll tell you who else wasn't getting ahead of themselves down at, at Netherlands. That was Heath Tessman in the queue at the bar with his supposed spates shout, which just didn't eventuate. You didn't, well, you didn't, you guys didn't get them. I had them <laughs> no, there for you as well. There's, no, there's no longer spates at the bar down there, mate. They've, they've, something's happened and there's no supply of spates. <laughs> so not only did you not buy us a beer after the game, there was no spates either. <laughs> you are, they've stitched you up there. I had a yeah. box put, I had a box put aside for you. <laughs> yeah, he gets invited, he gets it on the, he gets invited on the stand stores. Stan Sports Clubland program, Mick. And yeah, so you should have brought it up. See you later, boys. Should have brought it up. Should have brought it up. And now, oh, um, Pomare, the big, well, he came off on the bench at the front row, got injured, uh, I think, in that second half and left the field. But who who's making him a prop? Tess, what's going on down there? Oh, I don't know. Someone at someone at Force HQ is uh, is trying to. I think. I think. Look. Someone who probably wasn't a prop as well. They've looked at looked at his size and they said, oh, how, t- how tall is he? How tall he's is the he? the same build as what Carl six Heyman was. Six. <laughs> he's six foot six. So they, they've, we've said, oh, here's Carl Heyman was like this. This guy's the same size. This should just work out that way, shouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because he's an amazing uh, specimen of a he human is being. He's a and huge, I, big freak of an athlete, but it's just, yeah. It's I mean, it's hard being a tight head. When you've been a tight head your whole life, let alone trying to learn it um, in your early twenties, so I mean he's he's putting in a pretty good effort. He, he's and he's trying, he's committed to it as well. But um, I'm just not sure if it'll how long, like the amount of time it's going to take for him to get there, whether or not it mm. can be served served in another way. Yeah, and then Mitch, uh, looking ahead to this week's games in the Fortescue Premier Grade. Yep, so uh, this week, Rocky will host Southern Lions down at Rockingham there at the Lark Hill. That, that could be interesting. I think Southern Lions will get the chocolates, though. Um, Junalup's going to host the students up at Junalup. The uh, students should get up on that one. Uh, Wanneroo is playing Nedlands in our match of the day on stand. So the Roodogs taking on Netties who are running hot. Mm. I think Netties, with the, the form they're in, unless they get the away game jitters, uh, they, should, uh, they should run <laughs> rampant yet again. Over the Rue Dogs. West are going to uh, host Calamunda Bulls at Bennett Park. Uh, so West will be looking to bounce back. Soaks get the bye. Uh, Cot are going to host Arks down at Harvey Field. So that could be uh, an interesting one. It could be a cricket score. And Pally are going to host the Numbats over at Tompkins Park. And if so, you, I'm not yeah, sure just at, before you go, Mitch, I, I if anyone, yeah, before the ladder, I don't know if anyone's seen the forecast for Saturday, but it's about 35 knot westerlies. So that the wind down at at Harvey, oh, Field. Harvey Field would be a delight. <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. But at least it's, yeah, it's got that to be a very interesting place to be playing rugby. Trying to throw that line out from the club side, I don't think they'll be going long because I think if they can get it to one, they'll be doing well. <laughs> very true. Um, so looking at the ladder, so Uni's nice and clear on top on 40 points, six points clear of second Netherlands, uh, then West, then Wanneroo, and then there's Pretty much one point separating fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth teams. So uh, four teams all sort of jumbling towards that 
fifth and sixth spot on the ladder and we're only four rounds away from the competition mm. splitting where it goes to top six, bottom seven. So um, it's going to be interesting results coming in the next couple of weeks, Mickey. And then um, oh, poor old Arks, they're finally off the duck. They've got one point. One point. In their name. And Rocky have got their first win of the year. So they're, um, they're off the mark in the win column, which is great Excellent. to see. No, it's great. To the mailbag. And a huge congratulations to Soaks and WA rugby stalwart Jeff Stook, who was awarded the Order of Australia in the Queen's Birthday Honours. He's been around since Bradman was a boy, uh, represented the state, been a director of WA rugby, served as a chair as well as chairman of the force. Uh, I don't know how many hundred games he played for Soaks, and he's currently the chair of Rugby Australia's National Technical Advisory Committee. So a great ambassador for the game and, and great recognition for the great man. Yeah, how good. Um, and it's so, it's, you know, it's it's very, you know, it's wonderful to see that accolade right across the rugby community, acknowledging Jeff's achievements, but he has contributed an enormous amount to the game, both at the community level, but also nationally. And um, certainly is a big advocate for WA rugby and continues yeah. to be so for forever and a day. Wherever he draws breath, he'll be an advocate for WA rugby. So um, yep. terrific and, and, and a fitting acknowledgement of his services. Very much so. So he's been a great voice. Uh, then out of the news, the Western Force have announced that Siasifa Amone, George Pullman, Rapeni Mattaielli, Andrew Romano and Ned Slack-Smith have all been elevated to the wider training squad for 2023. The five graduates making the step up to the professional program, having been part of the Western Force Academy, SAS, which was set up in 2022. So nice to see that that pathway uh, it actually is working in terms of getting those players through. Be interested to see how they do step up, but uh, any of them in there that you, that you kind of think will will be good, will be real oh, good? Yeah, well, Luke Callan, he, he is good. Um, Connor Sevy's got a lot of upside and a lot of potential. Um, Asifa Amone, uh, well, we'll have to wait and see around that. We haven't around seen that much one. of him, yeah. Haven't seen a lot of him, but... Um, Ned Slack-Smith as well. He's, I think yeah, he's he quite okay. handy as well in that six-lock position. Yep, he's he's not a tall tall guy, but he's certainly pretty robust. He's sort of that Ollie mm. Callan, Ollie Callan build. Um, and oh, he's taller than him, surely. Oh, probably a fraction more, now. He's a thick Jackson Pugh, mate. That's it. <laughs> oh, Jackson. Pr- well, is like, it, we'll, is get to, we'll, get, we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to, we'll get to Jackson okay. Pugh. Clear jets, Mitch Hardy. I know it's been a tough day. <laughs> we'll get we'll get nah, to it's that. Good, it's good that those young blokes are getting exposed to the under twenties camps. And hopefully they'll get some game time. Yep, great. Uh, and then still on that sort of stuff, the Wallaby squad was named. No force players. Uh, any other surprises that you saw in that squad that you thought should have been there or shouldn't have been there? Well, they picked 35. They picked a million I mean, of them. It's yeah, a yeah, pretty, be, big, pretty big yeah. net. I mean, we've st- we're going to have to wait a few more weeks before we work out whether our starting 15 I know. is close I know. to the mark or not. <laughs> I, know, I think we're still work. alive, though. They didn't pick anyone that we didn't. No. Anyone who we picked, it didn't not make it. No. Fraser McWright was the biggest omission that, that people seem to be talking about. John Campbell didn't make it. Didn't mm. make it. Well, there goes your... Didn't you pick him as your yeah, pick? Test? Yeah. yeah he's gone. Out. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I see Vunavalu, he was included, and he signed on now for, uh, through to the 2023 rugby, 200 rugby days World Cup. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 250 more days. Yeah. And I, I just saw... It was in the paper. It was in the West during the week. And Dave Rennie was quoted as saying, they picked him because of his massive potential and we think he can accelerate his development inside the Wallaby camp. And I know we're flogging a dead horse here, but that's what we've been saying all year about a good year before. Ber- and Fergus year before. Lee Warner, that oh, a Wallaby yeah. camp would have accelerated his development. But it's, yeah. it's, um, that was all we wanted. Just get him in. Have a look at him. But and and like and I mean I know we're we're harping on about it, but then <laughs> for him, but then Jed Holloway's played in the second row all year, and Rennie's come out and said, "Oh, I view him as more of a six eight. <laughs> so yeah, and you're just like, oh, yeah, all right, cool, uh, hard work, Ferg hard for work. England. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Pull out the red rose, and then six force players named in Australia A. So Tim Anstey, Fleddy Kaitu, Ryan McCauley. Jackson Pugh, Tom Robertson, and Jake Strawn. So they'll assemble on the 26th of June in Sydney. They go to Fiji for their first game on July 2 uh, against Samoa. Then they place Fiji on the 9th of July, and then wrap up their tournament against Tonga the week after that. So, Mitch. Where's, where's Isaac Rodder? He's injured. He's, foot, he's got a foot injury. Right. He's okay. 
three months, I think they've, they've right. said. So it's Rodder's, not Rodder's, out long term. Rodder's out long-term. Yeah. Kane He's, Kateka's out long-term. Yep. Isaac Fines uh, is out long-term, although Isaac hopefully back long-term. at the end of this year. They, they would have been the three that you go, well, they should have been somewhere. They should have been there. Yep. I mean, Fergus Lee Warner would have had a line put through him because he signed overseas, and mm. unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, wow, Jackson Pugh made it. Like, wow. Surprised yeah. by that one? Like, wow. There's a, there's a couple there's a couple smokies in that A squad, though, as well. Like, yes. Matty Faisler, um, reserve hooker at the Reds. Literally, I think he was he was a builder at the beginning of this year. Got caught. He got brought in as like the third hooker at the Reds through injuries and things like that. And they've said, "Look, we, there's something we see here, so let's get him in a squad." And, and I'm guessing that you can see that Dave Rennie in picking this squad, he's almost talking about this the same as with Winabalu. Like, I'm just going to get some of these guys who are pretty rough and a little bit inexperienced, and yeah. get them get in, the in around some more mature guys. Get them in this accelerated program and see see who can stay with it. Basically, see who's who's the real deal and who's not. And who's the prop? Who's, who's the prop from who's... Melbourne? Prop oh, from oh, Melbourne. Gibbons. Yeah, Betty Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Matt Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a surprise, yeah. or he was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, well, he's uh, good. Though. Probably, he goes, he's been he good, but well. he probably hasn't played as much. He last year, like the last couple of years, he's been starting a lot more down there. But this year, he probably hasn't started as many games with uh, Cameron Orr being down there as well. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good solid prop, but yeah, they're obviously picking this with a bit more of casting a bit of a wider net, just not strictly I'm, on form. I'm pretty sure Matty Gibbon cut his teeth through the Australian Stockman rugby team at some point. Yeah, right. Oh, that's good. Good breeding ground yeah. for yeah. good wallabies. But, like, who's, do we know who's coaching that Australia A team? Who's looking after him? It has uh, been announced, but I do not have it with me. Oh, yeah, I have to look no. that up. I'm not sure. Be good, to, be good to see some development, you know, Australian development sort of coaches or that next tier down sort of given the opportunity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very you much know, so. Even, even if, you know, a, a Timmy Sampson potentially popped up looking yep. after Australia A or something like that. Yeah. You know, yep. That'd be good. That would be, so, that would be good to see because then it, then it sort of just reinforces that whole development theory. And they're yes. going to, they're Jason going to, Gilmore. Going to, Jason Gilmore. Okay. Yep. yep. Yep, so he's yeah, from the okay. Tars. He's he was assisting Jason uh, Darren Coleman at the Tars with year. DC. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's a great opportunity for developing coaches as well as developing uh, players. Yeah, so. Brumbies attack coach Rob Sieb, Reds defensive yep. coach Michael Todd, Rebels forwards coach yep. Jeff Parling. Yeah, great. Yeah, your Australia yeah, so A group. Terrific. Good. Terrific. Good. And then uh, the Wallaroos still chasing their first win in the Pacific Four, going down 16-14 to the USA. Uh, they were trailing 16-0 into a strong breeze. Uh, again, their line-out let them down. Their attack was described as a bit clunky. They play the world number three, Canada, next on Saturday. And something we've spoken about before, the NRLW have just announced they're expanding to a 10-team competition, four more added in 2023, uh, or four-season 2023, and all teams are expected to have a women's team by 2026. So the leagues have got a, a plan. They're showing them what's coming up. But Rugby Australia has have been very quiet about what they're doing with their women's competition. And losing test matches doesn't help, Nick. Well, yeah, we've lost, the lost, next gen, next lost, gen lost and, against Japan, New Zealand and Canada now. I think we're just yeah. not, they're not playing enough footy. They play, what, they've no, got five they teams, one game each. And they haven't got the underpinning programs to, to, to support it. To support I mean, it, yeah. yeah, you've got to have a system. You've got to have systems and structures to get success. You just can't just manufacture it out of thin air. Um, so, yep, it's just clunky, uncoordinated, and they're going to, um, unfortunately, what we've got the oh, some competition. What is the World Cup coming up? Yeah, Women's World Cup. So, you know, you'd like to think, geez, we'll, we'll be lucky to make the quarterfinals while we're going. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that needs to be. We need, we need those girls. Out. And we, all the girls, the good, let's face it, all the really good athletes. And I don't mean to be offended in any way, shape, or form. The fifteen aside, but we have got some outstanding athletes playing sevens. Sevens, yes. If yep. we had them in the fifteens, it would be a different, different story. Team. Yep. And then to our penultimate hero of the week, thanks to heroes and villains. And Mitch, I've got them for you. There's Rory Anthony. Has started with a villain which was the tosser who broke into the Bunbury Barbarians club rooms and trashed the joint. So hopefully they oh, do no. get hold of them. Uh, but his hero is the Rue Dogs hooker, Scotty Cornell, playing his 150th Premier Cap. 
against Basie, and that was 150 consecutive. Didn't miss a game. Hasn't missed a match. How good. In, a, in 150. That's not bad. Going to be hard to beach. Julie Neighbour, she also went in the villain, said the ref in the Brumbies-Blues game for the last call against the Brumbies, which seemed harsh, which it wasn't, as Heath Tessman has uh, explained. And then Hugh96 on Twitter said Shannon Perry, feisty, and went the full 80 minutes in the Wallaroos test match. Oh, Scotty Cornell. Scotty Cornell. Scotty Cornell. Yeah, like, hands down. As, you know, as much as we give hookers a hard time, we we do love them, really. Yeah. So, necessary evil, aren't they? they are. <laughs> That's a great result by Scotty. 150 yeah. games. So, congratulations to him. Great result. Well, look, that'll do us. Um, on your birthday, Mitch, we'll let you go and say good day to your wife and open your presents. It was, been, it was great to hear from Simon Connor. Big thanks to him for coming on the show. And uh, I like where he's coming from in terms of his connection to the club. So, yeah, Mitch, as I said, happy birthday to you. Thanks, mate. Yep, good to see you, boys. Looking forward to Saturday. Are we all on deck on Saturday? Well, Tess, is it true the fans, they're not going to be happy you're away this week? Mm. Lord. But, yeah, but we've, but we've got... Have a week we, off to do a few extra curls. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sign some autographs and talk to your agent. But we've got the great man, John Wellborn, stepping in for... Uh, Good luck getting a word in, boys. (laughs) Out there, that's Nettie's. Send him him down sideline. Send him down sideline. At uh, at 3.30. So thanks to everyone for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the Rugby Wrap.